Hello, America, and welcome to Monday. A lot to report on. We go to what is happening on the ground in Afghanistan in 60 seconds. The Glenn Beck Program. I I want you to know that not all real estate agents are exactly the same. You know, imagine... A real estate agent comes to the door, comes in, sits down with you. You talk for a little bit about the house, what your goals are, what's realistic, what's not, all of that. Then he pulls out his phone and a piece of paper and pulls up the names of every single person that you're going to need to get the job done, done right. And he writes them all down for you. He even says, you know what, I'm going to I'm going to call a couple of these myself, make sure that they come over and, and get this done. You realize not for the last time in the process, you didn't just get a real estate agent. You got a partner, somebody who is partnering with you to sell your home all the way through to the end to get the best possible outcome. That's what we envision happening and we know happens every day with our real estate agents at realestateagentsitrust.com. They're not people that work for us. These are people that we have found, we have monitored, we have looked for the best track records in the area, and we recommend them to you. Go to realestateagentsitrust.com. That's realestateagentsitrust.com. Saber Nasiri is known by a lot of people as Saber Rock. Uh, He is an Afghan interpreter. Uh, and now his family is being hunted by the Taliban um, because he was such a hero in helping the uh, U.S. Saber, welcome to the program. Good morning, everybody, and thank you so much, sir. Uh, how are you? I'm 50% okay because I never give up. Even I lost my fingers in the war. Even I, uh, I was on a, on a front line. But I know um, my family, they're hunting right now in Afghanistan and they have not been saved yet. And uh, the Taliban, they're looking my family around the airport of uh, Kabul airport. But I never uh, lose hope. Uh, I just kindly ask everyone to pray for me and we can we can save them. So if, for, if, if you don't know what uh, happened to Saber, he was one of the lead guys early on in the war in the Helmand province, which was one of the most violent regions in the area. And they had to drive a wedge between the Afghani villagers and the Taliban. And all of the communication then would be driven right uh, right through uh, rock, if you will, saber rock, and um, uh, it it ended up really, really, really well. They were doing a documentary film of it at the time, and because of that, he had a three hundred thousand um, uh, dollar bounty on on his head, um, and and your family now are uh, it has uh, some of the family has gotten out and are in Dubai. Um, and we don't want to identify the family at all, but you have other uh, other members of your family that you're trying to get out. And you say they're at the gates of the base. Uh, uh, yes, uh, I cannot uh, share the location right now, but they're around the airport. 
Um, uh, you know, I'm a little bit sad. It become three weeks. I couldn't sleep good. Uh, and 24 hours, I sleep one hour because I don't feel, um, uh, you know, happy. I'm very upset. I cannot eat because my, my heart and this pain is from my heart. Uh, uh, you know why? Because I fought for this country. I, I'm an American citizen and I sacrifice for this country. They even made a documentary movie about me um, that I won uh, Amy Award, Hollywood Award. Uh, and now, uh, Mr. Joe Biden, uh, that I respect and uh, like him, I know one day he will change uh, uh, Afghanistan. I know one day he will listen to the people of uh, Afghanistan. Uh, but um, unfortunately, uh, he broke my heart. Mr. Joe Biden broke my heart because he um, uh, left uh, my family behind. He left the other allies behind. Um, um, so, um, you know, um, uh, some of the um, uh, military force, uh, military retire, like uh, uh, Colonel Mark DeVito, uh, Mr. Brad Park, CEO of Hollywood Film Festival, and uh, Nancy Rebord, especially um, uh, uh, Lucasro Brothers, that they made the movie about me, and also Congressman Chris Smith, uh, Green Barrett, Jerry Torres, they all retire army and military forces. They are helping me. Uh, but uh, and Joe Biden, uh, Mr. Joe Biden didn't. Uh, Mr. Can, Joe Biden supposed to uh, support and save my family. He says and, that he says that uh, the Taliban is not beating people. It's it's not they're abiding by you know the the way they should behave in international law. I, any comment on on trusting the Taliban and what's really happening on the ground? Uh, uh, whatever he said, that uh, maybe he mentioned uh, to the social media, but I will show, I will give you proof that uh, the Taliban they are looking for uh, those people who serve for U.S. government, who serve for uh, like a general colonel. Uh, they are searching every single houses. They beat a lot of people. They 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 kill uh, my uh, family members. Uh, they beat my brothers, both brothers that they are in Dubai right now. Uh, his name is uh, Rahim Ahmadi Maher Nasseri. Uh, so they're beating everyone. I have proof. Uh, you know, the people of Afghanistan uh, uh, want peace and democracy without interference of uh, foreigners. But uh, people of Afghanistan said, we want, majority people of Afghanistan said, we want America, we want United States forces to stay in Afghanistan for good. If not, at least they can stay for uh, 50 years because uh, uh, United States uh, military, they're in other countries for 17 years. Mm -hmm. Why they're lifting us behind? What's our, uh, we didn't do anything. So the voice is, uh, the voice are from people of Afghanistan, the innocent people of Afghanistan. Now, look, a lot of people, they're leaving Afghanistan. What does it mean? It means they don't like uh, Taliban. Majority of people of Afghanistan, majority means 99% of people of Afghanistan, they don't like Taliban. Then they are kindly requesting uh, from Mr. Joe Biden. Mr. Joe Biden can change everything, can save all people of Afghanistan, as he can. So they are kindly requesting 
please, Mr. Joe Biden, save us from beasts. Save us from animals. Taliban are animals. So let me ask you this, um, Saber. There, the 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 Taliban army did not. St- it's not the Taliban. The Afghani army did not stand up to the Taliban. But we're seeing now all throughout the country. These citizens in towns all over the country standing up and kicking them out of the area. What is what happened to the army? What happened to, you know, your president? Good. Thank you so much that you break, you brought that. I graduated from political science in Afghanistan, and I'm an expert about Afghanistan. I travel all over Afghanistan. So it means that I'm telling you the truth. So. Uh, majority of uh, right now, uh, majority of uh, U.S. Uh, Afghan Army, ANA, Afghan National Army, they are trying to join Mr. Ahmad. Uh, uh, Mr. Ahmad, which is uh, he is the son of the leader of Afghanistan, Ahmad Shah Massoud, killed by Taliban. He was the hero and champion. Now they start because 95 percent of Afghanistan covered by. Taliban, 5%, which is Panjshir province and north, and some of the uh, province in north, they are under control of Mujahideen. Uh, they are under control of uh, the people who beat the Russia, who beat the China, who mm-hmm. beat the England, who beat the uh, Pakistan and India, whatever. But uh, what happened was the, the manager, the so-called president, Mr. Ashraf Ghani, uh, he uh, elected by U.S. government. He elected by President of United States, whatever was. Uh, he was the fraud, briber, and fascist president we ever had. Wow. He was the hated president of Afghanistan. So then the Taliban, they became strong. Why? Because Mr. Ashraf Ghani was supporting Taliban under table. And they, Mr. Ashraf Ghani released a lot of Taliban. Mr. Ashraf Ghani uh, brought the representative of uh, Taliban on the table. They w- Taliban was, uh, was lost the war. Uh, America won the war. But Hamid Karzai, Ashraf Ghani, they support Taliban. You know, the Taliban, they didn't expect that they get the all province of Afghanistan like a water. Why? Because Mr. Ashraf Ghani called every core. We call, we have 11 core in Afghanistan. They call and they said, leave all your core, all your battalion for Taliban. But the people, the army, our army, Afghanistan army, and uh, they said, we can fight. We have tanks, we have helicopters, we have ammunition, and we have everything. But um, uh, Karzai uh, and also Ashraf Ghani said, no, leave it, leave it to them. That's why we lost Afghanistan. The problem, majority of people of Afghanistan said, if we see Ashraf Ghani anywhere, we will not leave him alone. They're very, very, very upset from so when when he left uh, because he apparently left with his family and his gold and everything else. Um, it was 
kind of uh, it, it looked as though he was leaving because of the Taliban. He wasn't, according to you. He's he's leaving because the people were angry with him. <laughs> Correct. He left Afghanistan for two reasons. Number one, he stole 50 million thousand dollars. Even he didn't took five million dollars with him. He gave him to the PPS. The reason why he left because the people was hungry on him. Number two, he left because of the money. He stole the money. He got it. He, you know, there was a three guy, three person control all Afghanistan. Number one, Ashraf Ghani. Number two, uh, Dr. Uh, Moheb, which is he was not a doctor. He was a nurse. And there was another guy, Fazli, Mr. Fazli. These three gentlemen cover all Afghanistan. That's why the Taliban became upset. The people of Afghanistan became upset. They said it's better. The people of Afghanistan said it's better that we can leave Afghanistan because these three gentlemen sold every single mine to the neighbors. But he ha- they have three. They have two faces. Number one, the first face is just polishers. I'm sorry to say that he polished everybody. He, um, um, you know, um, uh, he, he showed his sympathy to the people. But the other face uh, was just selling our country, our people, our army, our tank to the, um, to the enemies of the human being. Right. Talib including including China. Right. That's where the that's where the mines went. Of course, the copper mine from east of Afghanistan, Ahmed Karzai sold it before, then Ashraf Ghani sold it. But they sold it and they act under table, mm. not on the table. Mm. Um, and and, and I, I'm sorry to say that, kindly, um, I'm requesting from Mr. Joe Biden, please follow and emphasize uh, uh, Mr. Uh, Ashraf Ghani. He is... He, you know, we won the war. I'm a U.S. citizen. You, United States won the war. But now Taliban, they got celebration. They got party. They said we beat Russia. We beat America. It's not true. It's not true. If United States want to win the war or jump back, they, we have one link. We have a big unit right now. They are located in north of Afghanistan. We call Panjshir province. We, the Panjshir leader, uh, Mr. Ahmad, son of Ahmad Shah Massoud, champion of Afghanistan. You can just Google it. He said we have 200 units, 200 special forces units, and the Taliban, they scared from them. Yesterday, Taliban lost three uh, villages and five cities right so creation has started uh, uh, the people the northern uh, people northern lion people say we don't need support of uh, 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 united states now right united states want to support us we are kindly requesting and welcoming american forces we don't need military person we need nation. we need air support yeah then we promise and one year we will get all Afghanistan. We promise that. So well, we have a 
strong unit now. Saber, I, I appreciate the uh, insight uh, on this, and I do hope that we uh, change our tactics here um, because we are just abandoning our friends uh, and so many women and uh, so many uh, little girls and children from having a safe future and a future of freedom. Saber Nasseri, thank you very much. Our best to you. We will pray for your family, uh, and we will do all we can to make sure that your your family is with you here as an American citizen. God bless you. Uh, let me tell you about our sponsor this half hour. It's Goldline. Palantir did something uh, this week that went mostly unnoticed. Now, this company... Uh, because they're hedging against what they say is a black swan event, they just bought $50 million in physical gold. Now, wait a minute. Why? Well, you have to understand that uh, Palantir is one of the foremost expert companies on data, analytics, and forecasting. They're used by hedge funds, banks, financial firms, including Morgan Stanley, Uh, Merck, Airbus, Fiat, Chrysler. The United States intelligence community uses these people. And they just loaded up with $50 million in physical gold. Huh. Does that say anything to anyone? Why would a company whose sole purpose is to essentially predict the future suddenly feel the need to do that? That's a bigger story than anybody is reporting on. Goldline wants to know, is gold or silver right for you and your family? Why? Do your own homework. Why did Palantir do this last week? While supplies last, they've extended their free silver bar offer to the end of this week. With any and all qualifying orders, you'll receive the bar at no cost. 866-GOLDLINE. That's 866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com. 10 seconds. Station ID. One of the more amazing things about watching this Afghanistan situation just collapse and crumble is how many people there are, thousands like him, who are out there helping us over multiple decades. Think of the risk you're taking when you have a group of people who are still active, by the way. But see, this is the problem is that, you know, people have always known America as one thing. Um, You can say that we meddle in other people's businesses. You can say a lot of things. But the military never leaves anyone behind. Certainly not American citizens. Right. And and also those that have been helping and we promise. I mean, the problem is, is these people didn't necessarily know if they could trust us. But our soldiers made bonds with these people. Oh, yeah. It's our it's our military that are vouching for these guys. Yeah. That's what's important. Right. Here. I, it, and it's our soldiers that are. They're the ones that are yeah. with them. And they're like, yeah, trust us. Trust us. These you guys are will, legit. Yes. Yeah. Can you answer this criticism, I guess? I hear some from some on the right, which are saying, here we go. We got this. This situation's deteriorating. Now you want to raise money to pull a bunch of unvetted people out and bring them to America? There's this criticism. Well, no, I see. I'm not. I'm not for bringing unvetted 
anyone to America. That's not what the Nazarene Fund is doing. It's no. important to note. No, that these we know who these people are. And by the way, they're not coming to America. Right. So not only are they not unvetted, they're not coming to America. Yeah. So nobody that we're bringing are coming. We will will be responsible for no one coming to America. Okay. They're coming to other countries, but none of them will be coming to America. Um, uh, you know, the, the way to vet people is not in a hurry like the federal government is doing now at the gate with thousands pushing behind you. You're going to get the wrong people in. You're going to get the uh, you're going to leave some of the right people behind. So even there, they're not bringing them like directly to the United States. No, the people that are not that they're going to no. bring them to someplace safe where they can sort it out. Correct. Correct. That's the thought. And and those people who really did serve the United States should be taken care of them and their families. They they were investing in us and we invested in them. They should get the benefit of coming here. This is the Glenn Beck Program. American Financing, NMLS 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. I just wonder why these are the wrong, uh, you know, why, why these people have to be vetted and everybody at the border doesn't have to be. Mm-hmm. Why American citizens have to pay for their airfare, but people who are coming across the border... They're fine. The government will pay for all of that. America is starting to change and it's changing from the inside out. And it's not a good change. But there is there is another part of America that is standing true to what we once knew. Uh, And while the ground gets shakier. We have to find that solid ground, that solid ground. And that solid ground is responsibility, fiscal responsibility, uh, spiritual responsibility. Get your fiscal house in order by calling American Financing right now. They are in it for you, not the bank. Uh, let their consultants do a free mortgage review for you. See how much might you, you might be missing out on saving. Do it now. AmericanFinancing.net, 800-906-2440. You can still help the Nazarene Fund at thenazarenefund.org. Thenazarenefund.org. <laughs> you know, I think we come up with a new standard on this program. Uh, things you can't prove are incorrect. <laughs> that's our standard of evidence. Well, I think that's the, I mean, that's the media standard of evidence. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, you can't prove prove that that's yeah. incorrect you can't prove donald trump didn't get peed on by prostitutes right. in russia right. so let's report it right you can't prove it's not <laughs> true it. well i guess and i suppose we weren't with him every really second of every day because there's this great story about the word testament and uh and testament is i, I look at uh, testament or testimony uh, as uh, the first part of the word test. Everybody wants the ammoni part, but you don't want the test. And the only way you can testify to something true is if you've really been thrown up against the wall, if you've been tested and you test it yourself. Um, uh, but there's a, there's a great story is looking up the word uh, testament and seeing the origins. There's a story that you can't prove it isn't true. Hmm. That the Romans used to put their uh, hand on their uh, 
man parts uh, to instead of the Bible, obviously, to tell the truth, whole truth, and nothing but the truth. And that was their testimony because uh, a man's fertility was so important to the men in ancient Rome. That's where that's your honor. That's what made you a man. Mm. Uh, and that's why women couldn't share their testimony because they didn't have testicles. So what a what a crazy era that was. I mean, imagine going back to a time where gender had something to do with your private parts. Yeah, that's crazy talk. And again, uh, just a little fact. You can't prove isn't true. <laughs> it's a good story. It's a good story. It's a I don't story. know that it's accurate. Well, w- were we there in you, ancient can Rome? Can you prove it? No. no. Look no. it up. I wasn't even they there. They say you can't prove it or disprove yeah, it. Yeah, there's a lot of weak. There's no evidence that this is true. True, but. But. but <laughs> then why are you reporting I on don't, it? So that's why are you the ask on it? every mainstream media source. Mm-hmm. There's no evidence these things. You know, here's uh, something else that uh, you can't prove isn't true. Uh, You know, people were comparing Afghanistan to Saigon in 1975. And they're saying, oh, it's like this is just like this is just like Saigon. Look at what's going on. By the way, did you see the picture of uh, of uh, Kamala giving the see you later salute uh, on the on the plane on the tarmac as she's going to Vietnam? This weekend, she left for Vietnam. Incredible. Uh, by the way, you know, I, I'm not as good on my history of Vietnam as some other wars that I've read yeah, too much about. Right. But, like, didn't we have everyone out of Saigon so here's, like a so listen, month before? So listen, it's so much worse. You know, right. the, you know the helicopter, the photo of the helicopter on the roof of the U.S. Embassy in Saigon, line of people on the stairs trying to get on board. Well, that's not the embassy. Okay, that mm. picture is not the embassy. Everything you think of that you thought you knew about that photo is wrong. Mm. And I'll get back to it here in a minute. Last week, Lloyd Austin, our U.S. Secretary of Defense, said, we don't have the capability to go out and collect large numbers of people. And my response is, what? <laughs> Since when? <laughs> That's something you guys should have told us about a long time ago. You've been able to go around the country and collect people that kept their businesses open and <laughs> yeah, throw them in prison. Yeah. That's <laughs> really good. Um, this is insane from the head of the uh, Pentagon. But it's interesting that they don't think they have the capability to go out and, and rescue large numbers of people. Uh, because back in 1975 in Saigon, <laughs> we did. <laughs> mm. As the city of Da Nang fell to the communists in 1975, the writing was on the wall for the U.S. in Vietnam. So on April 2nd of 1975, during a State Department meeting, the Secretary of State, Henry Kissinger, said it was America's duty, quote, to get the people who believed in us out that's a crazy statement, right? Yeah, I, that doesn't make any sense doesn't to make me. Any sense? That's what some lives of time when people sounds dumb. You no, know, there was mm-hmm. you know they claimed there was differences between men and women. Oh my gosh, <laughs> remember those days? Oh my gosh, they don't come back. So anyway, the U.S. made a list of Vietnamese officials, the translators, and others who would be evacuated and resettled here in the U.S. By the end of April 1975, the North Vietnamese troops were surrounding Saigon. 
They uh, attacked the Saigon's airport. They ruined all the runways, which made any large scale airplane evacuation impossible. So what do we do? Well, we they didn't say, hey, all you people try to get to the airport. Hey, you know, what you should do. You should go to one central location where all these people are ready to kill you. No, they didn't. They chose 13 helicopter landing sites across Saigon. 13. They got 81 Marine, Air Force, and Air America helicopters to fly people out of the city onto ships right off the coast. So somehow or another, they found 81 giant helicopters, Hmm. and they said... Here are the 13 different landing sites. Get here. So in the morning of April 29th, American Forces Radio, it's almost like they planned this out. Almost. They played Bing Crosby's White Christmas. It's April 29th. (laughs) So American Forces Radio played White Christmas and said, oh, it's crazy. The temperature is 105 degrees and rising. Which everyone knew who was in the know, that's the signal. We're going now. Get to your location. So all the Americans and the Vietnamese that were on the official list, they went to the helicopter landing sites. Many of them were on top of of buildings. One of the uh, Air America helicopters was manned by a a CIA operative named Obi Hardedge. He wore an eye patch because he was in World War II and he lost me eye. And he had to make room for 20 people on each flight. And he rode standing on the helicopter skid while holding on to his machine gun. He was supposed to load the VIPs first, but he boarded people on a first come first serve basis, including Vietnamese children with notes pinned to their clothes that said, my son wants to be a doctor. He's the guy, Harnage, is the guy on the top of the stairs in that famous photo on top of the building, reaching out his hand to help people get on board. It wasn't the U.S. Embassy. It was an apartment building. And it wasn't the very last flight out. The 81 U.S. helicopters continued their flights throughout the night. It was an operation called Frequent Wind. When I go to Mindfringer window, too, I'm... They rescued 1,373 Americans and 6,000 Vietnamese in less than 24 hours. We're, flo- we're flying giant transport planes, some of them half full. That was then... In 24 hours, we got about seven or 8,000 people out. It's almost like we planned it in advance. It was we were weird. just making it up on the fly. Right, right. Now the Biden administration doesn't even know, doesn't even know the number of Americans that are stranded in Afghanistan. Anywhere from five to 10,000. It can't ensure their safe passage to the airport. 
Yet 46 years ago, 81 helicopters managed to rescue 7,000 people from Saigon in a day. Wow, that's that's weird, isn't it? I just saw a briefing with the Pentagon. Correct me if I'm wrong, Stu. Mm -hmm. The quote was, we think we've gotten about 6,000 people out. We think? I mean, is there nobody to count how many people you're putting onto the plane? I mean, it's like a two-hour flight. There's nobody going, all right, everybody... Count off. You're number one. Start. There's nobody that can take a picture and say this. You think? And we think we're not going to need more time? You know, they're, they, they keep using that word. I do not think it means what they think it means. I don't think anyone involved in the Kabul airport is using that word properly. I don't think they're thinking. Joseph lives in Pennsylvania. He writes in about how rough greens affected his dog's life and his own. He says, my beagle is 17 years old. He was sleeping 20 hours a day. That's so sad. He said, I was afraid that he was going to die soon. I put some rough greens on his food. 20 days later, I am amazed. He's wagging his tail again. I know he's happier. His food and rough greens are gone every day. He's eating well. And he's much more active. I'm amazed by Rough Greens, and I appreciate getting my buddy back again. Thanks. Man, Joe, thank you so much for writing in. Um, And I'm glad your beagle is doing really well. It's great to see our friends last longer and be happier and uh, be healthier. You can get a free bag of Rough Greens for your dog to try out. All you do is pay for shipping. Just try it. Roughgreens.com slash back. Not a dog food. It's a supplement you put on the food. It's you just call them now at 833-GLEN33. That's 833-GLEN33. Call them now. Roughgreens.com slash back. 888-727-BECK. Okay. I, you know, some days I just, I, I, I mean, I can't work with Stu. I just can't work with him. First of all, he questions off the air. I'm just telling him a little story that you can't prove isn't true uh, about uh, Rome and the ancient Romans, how they used to put their hands like Michael Jackson on their crotch. And then uh, that, that's them swearing their testimony. Mm-hmm. Uh, and look it up. You can't you can't prove that it's not true. Can't prove it's true, but you can't prove it's not true. He's questioning me on that. And then I get into the commercial break. I finished my commercial and he's like. What date was that Saigon story? And I said, I don't know, April 1975. Why? And uh, he's saying, well, because we did a lot more than. Yeah, I wasn't telling the whole story of the Vietnam uh, War and exit. I was telling the story of one operation on one day, Stu. Yeah, I was just interested because what I had read recently through all of this was that we did a lot of work before that last effort yeah that right? last effort right yes. so i'm not questioning whether you should have told the story but i was questioning whether i understood the actual ah, t- truth of this and what, the answer is no well the truth of this seems to be that <laughs> yeah. unlike this operation in in, uh, in afghanistan we had done the bulk of the work in the yeah. month preceding the yes. fall of Saigon. Yes. Over 100,000 people evacuated and then the last few people 
on were involved in the story that you just talked about this the last several thousand yeah so and it wasn't even supposed to be several thousand it ended up being about seven thousand people in 24 hours that we evacuated with 81 helicopters uh but that wasn't that wasn't what it was supposed to be i think the list was about 300 and we ended up taking seven thousand with us mm. right yeah i think it was down to yeah i thought it was 900 or 900 yeah. 900, right. 900 people but that's the i guess that's the the thing here is that we I, only I, had 900 at the end. I keep thinking back to think if you're Joe Biden, you run for president, you win the presidency, you go through the election period, which is obviously somewhat strenuous. But as you're preparing to get into office on January 20th, you know, you are only a few months away from a deadline set in a negotiation of May 1st to be out of the country. And what does he do with this time? Seemingly nothing. He just sits back and acts as if this is not going to happen. And maybe he thought they were going to hold out longer. But like, why would you, if if you're you are definitely getting out, you're ideologically committed to it as he is throughout all of this. He just keeps saying, I made the right decision. We know he was so uh, committed to it. Why wouldn't you get all the people out of there so that when May 1st comes, if the Taliban is right around the corner, you can pull out the last few hundred people. And why wouldn't you pull out everybody else out before your troops? Right. That's because a, having course. the troops there just, I, protects everyone else. And why would you not hold the air base? Like, I, these are basic questions. Oh, you know what? Donald Trump had a great speech. Did you see his speech this weekend? A little bit of it, yeah. I just love it when he said, you know what you do is you get all the people out first mm-hmm. Then you get the military out after you've burned everything and you then take off and we bomb the airport, the, you know, the Air Force base mm. and we destroy everything that we <laughs> left behind. That's what you do. It's really not that hard. It's really not that hard. All we know is that every decision Joe Biden has made it was wrong. And when I say every decision, I mean every decision he's made for the past 50 years. <laughs> when it comes to I, foreign know, policy, I he has been wrong every single time so throughout history. There was a letter that we got when we went and killed um, Osama bin Laden. And it, it we got it in 2010 and it wasn't released. Uh, no, it was written in 2010. We killed him and got the letter in 2011 and it wasn't released or made public. Uh, for at least a year after that, uh, I was surprised it actually saw the uh, the light of day. But the Daily Mail is reminding us of this letter today. <laughs> this is Osama bin Laden when he was then the leader of Al Qaeda, and he wrote this 48-page letter of here we here's what we have to do. On page 36, he says we have to have two hit squads. We have to kill uh, President Barack Obama. And David Petraeus, because if we kill David Petraeus, uh, you know, it'll change the war. And if we kill Barack Obama, and I'm quoting, Joe Biden will take over the presidency for the remainder of the term as his norm over there. He's wildly unprepared and will lead the U.S. into chaos.